I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Demore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com and join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Ask Lisa Podcast. Episode 117, My College-Bound Kid is Soiling the Nest. Help. I kind of wish that I could be a high school senior right now, <laughs> right? I mean, this is the, when you senioritis kicks in and it's okay. It's okay. Um, I will tell you, my sixth grader said to me the other day, is it too soon for me to have senioritis? And I said, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. No, it kicks in and they are um, usually, it's it's loaded, actually. I was about to say they're usually enjoying themselves it's complicated, right? Mm. There's a lot of big feelings swirling around for high school seniors right now. We could do a whole episode on that, but we're not going to today. We're actually going to talk about something, though, about kids. Um, and they leave the nest or they're at the nest and they're in the nest and how they can sort of affect the family dynamics, Lisa. We got this letter. It says, hi, Dr. Lisa and Rena. Our eldest will be starting college in the fall. She's now hanging with friends and all the time trying to spend weekends away with friends as if it's her job. Is this a normal form of, quote, soiling the nest? Should we just get used to it? I'm trying to walk that fine line of having her explore her independence and grow into an adult, but alas, she's part of a family. I would like to force a little more family fun, but my husband is in the mindset that may just make her eyes roll and not want to participate. Am I asking too much to ask her to spend one family night a month with us, going to a movie or playing a board game or whatever? She has younger siblings, and I don't want them to think that you can just opt out of being part of a family when you're almost 18. I miss her sometimes, and she's still here. Is she just trying to get my heart ready for next year? What should I do? Thank you for your help. Ooh, 
feel a little emotional. This is where the, yeah. the, you see the end of the road. I hate saying that because it's not the end of the road, as Dr. Lauren Steinberg told us, parenting continues. Exactly. For adulthood, continues right? for a very long time. It's the end of a chapter, I think is a good way to think about it. But this letter, I think, could have written, been written by any one of hundreds of thousands of parents right now. I mean, th- this tension in family life when you have a high school senior who's headed off to college who is trying to spend every waking minute with their peers, and the parent is feeling a sense of longing and missing already and is wondering how much they can ask for time, is feeling hurt. This is so common. It is so complicated and so common. And I'm just so grateful for our incredible listeners and their incredible letters. The letters are remarkable that we get from all over the world. Lisa, is so you're saying to me, this is normal. It is very typical. And and there's a few ways we can think about it. One is they're saying goodbye to their friends. They're really not sure what's going to become of these friendships, even though, of course, kids today do stay much more connected to their high school friends as a function of social media than, say, maybe you or I did. But um, these are precious friendships. These are also kids who've been through a lot together, right? Um, The cohort that is graduating right now had the pandemic land on them in um, the end of their freshman year of high school. You know, so they've really, like their high school experience was very much shaped by COVID. So they want to be together. They want to spend every waking minute together. And I think for a lot of high schoolers, whether they're conscious of it or not, they're thinking, I'm going to see my family. Like I they know how, they know where to find me. Like mm-hmm. no matter what we're going to have an ongoing relationship, I'm worried about this kid over here who I really love and who I'm not sure I'm going to stay in close touch with. But I've raised them. I've paid for everything. I I know that I'm not going to see them. I you know the term that she used which really stood out to me, soiling the nest. That's what this parent wrote. What does that really mean? And is it the case? Because I understand this parent. I, I I got emotional at the end of that letter. Yeah. So interestingly, I don't know that I would call what she describes in the letter as soiling the nest. I would call this a kid who's just like super busy and wants to be out and about and it can feel rejecting. When I think of soiling the nest, which also is happening in homes right now, it's kids actually being pretty um, difficult to live with, high school seniors mm-hmm. being, being pretty difficult to live with. And it can take any variety of forms, right? Sometimes they are suddenly saying, I don't want a curfew because I'm gonna have, not going to have a curfew next year, so why should I have a curfew now? Right. So they're starting to buck rules that have been in place. Um, sometimes it's just that they are um, too cool for school, You know, a little removed, a little bit um, distant from family, um, finding them sort of you know, pedestrian in their interests or, you know, somehow, <laughs> somehow um, beneath their consideration. You know, th- there's a way in which um, high school seniors can start to grate on the family on the way out the door. And um, I ran into a friend of mine a few years ago when his one of his kids was headed off to college and I was like, how's it going? And he said, oh, my wife is ready to put his stuff out on the street. <laughs> like she, no, she was really? over it, it yeah. absolutely over it, but she, he didn't say stuff. Um, but, you know, like it was just like he was over it and she, or she was over it. So this is a common dynamic. So what I would say first and foremost to this um, parent is, you know, actually, if your kid is being pleasant when they are home, that puts you ahead of a lot of families, right? Mm. So much, much more typical to this moment in time in family life is both that the kid wants to be out and about with their friends constantly, and also when they're home, they are um, often like not that fun to be around. Right. Um, I do like this point, though, that the parent writes, you know, 
is actually asking you, should they require family time? Can fun be forced at this point? Okay, so I don't think you can force fun. What do you think, Rena? Okay, if I can't force fun, I just want you to hang out with me <laughs> and want me and need me and, and just want to be around me because I'm not going to see you. Okay, so let's just go with that. So let's just sort of let go of the idea that we can make people have fun. I, I love the way the person who wrote this letter put that. But I do think it is completely fair for, with enough runway, for parents to say to kids really of any age, but maybe especially kids who are now, you know, circling the home and, and um, you know, holding a very like wide distance between them and their families. I think it is fair for the parent to say, listen, we're doing this thing as a family. Mark your calendar. We're going to say, we're holding this time. We need you there. And with enough runway, I think it is fair to expect. And I think she just said like once a month. I mean, once it wasn't it wasn't a huge amount. I yeah. think that is 100% fair. And I think you could even say, we love you, we want you with us, and we're expecting to have a nice time with you, right? To sort of set the expectation that the kid's not going to sit there and be like a pill the whole time. Um, I will say, when kids come home from college, this is also necessary, mm. that if you've got, you know... Thanksgiving that you expect them to be at from a certain time to a certain time or a big family event or, you know, some kids getting confirmed in the family, we need to give them runway. We need to give them runway so that they can make plans because they are busy, busy, busy making plans with their friends. You know, one thing you've always said is whether it's a funeral or family event or people coming to visit that might be rude, to sort of set expectations early on and to say, this is what. So it's interesting to hear you say like Thanksgiving or Christmas or the holidays to be able to say, this is the time where we need you to gather. I understand that you're going to want to see your friends, but I need you here this uh, moment. If you're trying to set up, you know, those last few weeks before they go away, what do you think really works in getting them if the goal is to spend more time with them, but they're rolling their eyes, they don't really want to do it. Is there a point where you can't force it, Lisa? Or is there a strategy that might work to help them to want to hang out and do something? I think sort of it's yes to both. So I think at some level, you just can't force it. And I think part of you know the key to happiness is realistic expectations in life. And I think a realistic expectation is that your high school senior who's headed off to college is maybe not going to want to spend a whole lot of time with the family in those last few weeks. Um, and and I think as long as it, you just don't take it personally, like really appreciate that they're trying to consolidate their identity as an independent person, they're trying to spend time with their friends, that it's not about you. I think that that can take some of the sting out of it. I also think there's real value in having family rituals and family time together. And so one thing that um, I remember doing when my older daughter went off to college is that we made a real plan about the last night before we drove her to school, you know, and um, we did a get together with her grandparents. We let her choose where we went out to dinner. Um, it was really very meaningful. And and it was, again, though, like we set it up, I think, three or four weeks in advance. So it was a non-negotiable and she wanted it too, but she also, as she made plans with her friends, could start to... Um, work around those dates. Mm, That's so smart. Again, setting expectations. We're going to take a break, Lisa, but when we come back, I want to ask you about the example that's being set for younger siblings. Uh, was such a great question. We'll be back. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. 
They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. EarthBreeze.com slash AskLisa. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. We're talking about the potential of soiling the nest when your child is potentially going off to school or college and they don't really want to hang out with you um, and are ruining the dynamic. Lisa, this, this parent was asking and is concerned because this child has younger siblings and the example that this child is setting saying, like, you know, I don't have to hang out with my parents. It's not a priority. What about those younger siblings um, and that example that's being set? Well, it's a really important question. And I, I guess the way I would think it through is, this is the first time your family's ever done this, right? Where one kid is getting ready to go and it will be followed by other kids getting ready to go. And I think one of the huge challenges, and this really did come up in our wonderful conversation with Larry Steinberg, is this dynamic shift as kids age. And so... In addition to not holding the same standard for family participation as one used to with a kid who's almost out the door, I think we can also recognize that as the younger kids move into this position, they're going to maybe have similar feelings to the kid who is wanting more and more independence. 
So what I would say is voice it. Say, you know, our expectations as families while you're still in high school, you know, or while you're still not looking at heading off to college right away, you're with us this amount, roughly this amount of time. You join us for these things. We don't have to give you too, too much notice. But we also recognize that once you're at the end of your senior year and once you're in the summer before college, that changes and our expectations change. And so, yes, we are letting your sister bag out of things that otherwise we would typically last year have required, but she's in a different time of life. And I think, you know, this is something we do all the time as parents of kids of two different ages. And I'm sure you've done it too, where you're like, yeah, your older sister's getting to do that. And when you are her age, you also will get to do it. Mm. So, it's less about sticking to the rules or applying the rules evenly to everyone as one always has and more about recognizing that the dynamic for one particular child has changed and that that dynamic will change for the other kids in time. I keep thinking about this mom and how painful. I, actually, it's like a you jab me in the heart every time we do these leaving the nest episodes because it, it makes it clear to me that I'm going to have to let go at some point. Um but how do you address this mom who's already missing her child? It is hard. It is hard. Um, there's no getting around the fact that it's painful. I also feel like, Rena, you're going to be the most prepared parent on the history of parents because we've thought about it so much together. I, I, I cry every time. I was getting, I mean, we read these letters ahead of time and we know what they are, but I don't know what it is. Sometimes I read them in the middle for our, our podcast and I get so emotional because yeah. you have all the feels for this mom. But what's your advice to her? Well, and just to just to rest in this for a minute, our kids get really like kids are fun, and and my experience is the older they get, the more interesting and compelling mm -hmm. they get, and and um, more enjoyable just as sheer company. And then Rena, yeah. and not to like not to twist the knife for you, you like all their friends often. I mean, this is something else that happens as kids get into high school and their friends are coming over, and of course, I'm obsessed with teenagers, so like I door, you know, my kids' friends. And so not only are you saying goodbye to your kid, you're actually saying goodbye. You know, if you're into teenagers and you like your kids' friends, you're saying goodbye to a cohort that you have watched grow up, mm -hmm. that you really love, that may be hanging out at your house sometimes. So it stinks. It stinks. There's no getting around it. But what I would say is that this is one of those points in development where there's a rough passage that I think is often followed by a really lovely time. And what I mean by that is there are times in development where kids are really trying to consolidate a new identity and figure out what they are all about. I would say 13 is a really ripe time of this where kids are, you know, starting to separate and feel, you know, and individuate. And in those moments, they often shove away from their parents or find their parents very annoying no matter what the parent does. And then once that identity is consolidated, usually 15, 14, 15, kids are friendlier again. Like they they feel like they know who they are and so they can tolerate who we are and we can get along. I feel like that recurs right now for high school seniors and also for fall college kids, that they are developing a new identity. They are figuring out what they are about. They're getting used to the idea of themselves as a college student. And that process involves pushing away from the parent, finding the parent sort of annoying in their own way. And that once that identity is fixed in place again or starts to get established, they get to college, they hopefully make a happy landing, they make their friends, they figure out what they're about, they they start to feel comfortable in the, you know, in the identity of a college student, mm -hmm. they relax again and they like us again and they can be warm with us again. 
And so what I would say to this parent or any parent in these shoes, take the long view. Your kid is trying to consolidate a new identity that those points in development almost inevitably involve pushing the parent away a bit. And if the parent can tolerate it, not take it too personally, give that young person room to figure out that new identity, they come back to us in a fresh and wonderful way. Mm, wow. I think it's it's the hard part of letting go. You know, yeah. It's nice to hear you say that, I, I think, but it's so hard to let go. What about preparing this daughter for the fall? What's your advice on that? Well, it's interesting because another layer in this dynamic is that often there's a whole lot of stuff the parent wants to talk about mm. with the kid. Right? So the kid who they cannot find, who's nowhere to be, you know, who comes in late, leaves early, yep. um, is rushing out the door whenever they do see them. Um, the parent is like, wait, there's all these conversations I still want to have with you about sex or about drinking or about, you know, how you're managing your grades. And um, and it's another tension that enters into this. So again, what I would say is get on their calendar. And and this is a different way of interacting with our kids. We're not always used to saying, when do you have time for this conversation? Or when can I, you know, not be interrupting you? But um, this is something I, I hear often from families where they're trying to even have like logistical conversations with their kids about packing for college. I mean, even mm-hmm. things like that. And every time they see their kid, their kid is like, grab the car, is like, has the car keys in hand and is headed out. And Again, rather than taking it personally, there is huge value in saying, all right, we need to, I need half an hour of your time to go over your packing or what we're doing with this, or there's something I want to touch base with you about when is a good time for you. That will work much, much better than um, waiting in the kitchen for them to run through and seeing if you can catch them. Can I tell you, there's this mega Bollywood star. She was Miss Universe. Her name's Aishwarya Rai. She's now the mother of, uh, I think, a preteen. And she went on Letterman, which is a big deal. They ha- There was really very few, if any. I think she was the first sort of Bollywood star to come on Letterman. And he was asking her kind of of India and her family. And she said, well, at least I don't have to make an appointment to see my parents. Because she was living at home with her, her, her parents, I think, <laughs> was, was the point. And I just sort of feel like we have to force this and make time and get on someone's calendar. But you're saying you do. You, you do. need to make that time you or you won't get it. Or it'll just be friction. I mean, I think that that's the thing. I think that we really need to recognize they are busy with so many things that we may or may not even know about, right? But they've got all of these commitments to friends, these, all these desires about the last things they want to do at home before they go to college. And so just presume this is someone with a really busy agenda that you may or may not have a lot of information about and just don't expect to catch them off the cuff or, you know, okay. like, um, the other thing, Rena, that I want parents to be prepared for, um, is this really interesting dynamic that I've seen unfold a lot of times in, um, my clinical work where suddenly the kid who is headed off to college gets this like rip roaring summer romance going, um, yeah, at home. We don't have time for that, Lisa. <laughs> no, we don't, we have, don't time. have time for that. <laughs> and the parent, and like it may be like a high school person that they were friends with, or it may be someone new. And it is for parents, like you think that it hurts to feel like your kid's running around with the friends they've already had. I've had cared for so many families where the parent's like, what is going on? Like, this is not going to last as a romance. And we've been completely thrown over for this person. And like, there's no way this is going anywhere. Um, I just want parents to be prepared for that. Comes out of the blue. And one of the ways I think about it clinically is if a teenager can focus all of their energy 
on what they're going to do with this like pop-up romance. If they're going to stay together, if they're going to break up and try to, you know, not be in touch, are they going to be friends? If they think about that, they don't have to think about leaving home. And leaving home is loaded for teenagers too. And I think there are some unconscious processes that unfold, like finding a hot romance out of nowhere, that um, can actually help to sort of serve as a happy distraction, or at least a, a very compelling distraction from broader questions about how they feel about saying goodbye to um, high school, how they feel about saying goodbye to the their childhood, right? I mean, you hit that line at 18, like, whatever happened, happened. Um, you're moving on. And so I also want parents to be prepared for this. And again, don't take it personally. They'll come on back. Hot romance. I was not ready for that. In fact, I'm going to have to ask my husband to pretend to be another person so I have a hot romance or something <laughs> to look forward to. This is just so hard. It is, is hard. So hard. It is hard. And you know what? I feel like you are like a good map, app, GPS of like police ahead, speeding light. Yes. You know, you are just giving us this roadmap as to what comes ahead in ways that we just don't see coming. That's good. I mean, I'm glad, right? I mean, that's what I think. I hope I can do. And and I think there's two messages in that. One is prepare yourself for X, right? Like we we see these things happen and, you know, routinely. The other is to the degree that I or any psychologist who works in the space can say, okay, so there might be a pop-up romance. Your kid might be really, you know, prickly as they head out the door. Um, don't worry. By second semester of college, when they've sort of figured out what it means to be a college student, they usually are much friendlier and easier to get along with. What it also is saying is, this is not personal. This is not about you and your kid. This is development unfolding um, in its predictable, if not always entirely pleasant way. And and I really feel like um, you know the billboard for families of you know raising teenagers and young adults is so much that feels personal is not personal, and mm. the less personal you take it, the better everything goes. Mm. What great advice! Great advice. Let me just ask you, do you think it'll always be like this? Like I, I just, even when they become adults, I want them to come home and want to hang out with me. I, I want I want them to want to come back and not have this to be forced. What have you seen in your experience? Most of the time, this is short-lived. Mm-hmm. Kids are prickly or remote or just so, so busy. They you know can't really find time for the family. Most of the time, this is short-lived, that they do come on back and want to enjoy us and like us when they've got things sorted out on their end. I think that part of what that will hinge on is how the parent reacts right now. And and it's hard when you feel rejected. It's also hard when your kid's actually being kind of a jerk. You know, and sometimes that happens where, um, you know, when a kid is getting ready to go off to college, they can act in ways that are really not acceptable at home. And I think to lay the groundwork for them to feel comfortable coming back and 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 feeling welcome into family life in the future, what I would strongly advise, you know, if your teenager is acting in a way that's less than pleasant is to say, look, you know, we don't do that around here or I don't talk to you that way. Like, do it again. Take another try to swing at it. You know, so to not even overreact react to that while also making it clear, like, we're not punching bags. We're not going to allow you to treat us this way. But again, making a lot of room for like, they're going through a lot. It's a pretty intense time. Give them a do-over. Um, don't take it 
you know, personally, I feel like that should be the title of this episode. Don't take it personally. Mm. Um, it's hard though not to, yeah, you know, and especially yeah. you're emotional. I mean, you talk about that summer romance, you just, you feel like half of your heart is left already. You yeah. know, it's never going to be the same. And then I think you forget when the, the kids are little babies, you, the days are so long, but then you get to a point, you're like, oh my God, that went by so fast. It went by fast. And they're fun. They're fun when they're older. I'll tell you, Rena, my experience, um, when my older daughter was leaving for college is I was actually okay for most mm -hmm. of the summer. Like I, I, you know, cause there was something to do. There's always something to focus on. Like, you know, you're just very busy getting your kid ready for college. It takes a lot of energy and time. And, um, and it was when we came back from the, um, the dinner the night before college and I was saying goodnight to her that I, I really got very, very weepy, um, that there was something about it being the last night that I was saying goodnight to her in our home um, with yeah. her as a, a, you know, a person who had not yet gone to college. So, you know, we'll all have our moments and, um, and yet this is also what we want, right? You're We've right. also been driving towards this. We're trying to get Great them reminder. to move into the world, either enrolled, employed, or enlisted. Like the goal is yeah. that they actually move along and do things. So we want to focus on that too. What a great reminder. I, there's a quote, I think it was Pope John Paul, I can't remember who it was, saying, mothers are like Moses. They prepare kids for a promised land they may never see. <laughs> and I think that's sort wow. of true, right? Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I, lo I love that. And I think that is hard, right? There is a sense of like, you are giving them to the world and, totally. and, and you won't have you know, the kind of knowledge that you did of even your kids moment to moment mood, you know, they will be more remote from you. And, and it's, um, it's a transition for everyone. It really is. Oh, it, it is. Oh my gosh. Maybe I will cry all my tears before eight years before my kids get, get <laughs> go because it is. And these letters are just so remarkable that we get from everywhere. Right? They are just, amazing. I love it. Um, so what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? I really want parents to know this is the end of the chapter, not the end of the book. And Rena, I don't know that I've ever told you this, but somehow I got it in my head when I went to college that parents did not take their kids to college. I was insistent on going alone. And my parents, to their credit, let me, like put me on a plane. Um, and United Air Freight had a couple of my boxes. And I got myself to college alone, where I discovered everyone else had their parents there helping them move in. <laughs> but they tolerated that, much to their credit. And what I really wish they could have known is that when it was time for me to go to graduate school, I called them and I was like, hey guys, do you want to drive from Denver to Michigan and help me set up an apartment? <laughs> and we did. And I just wish so deeply in that moment when they were standing weepily in the Denver airport sending me off and I I was just going. I was not weeping. I wish so much that they could have known that um, not too long after that, we would all be setting up my apartment um, in my next phase of education. So this is the end of the chapter, not the end of the book. There's a lot more to come. What great advice and a great, great reminder. Oh, wow. This was a great episode. Thank you so much, Lisa. And I want to let you know next week, we're going to have a really interesting episode, Lisa, something that you see often. It's going to look into cutting and uh, a parent who discovered that her daughter has started cutting. And we're going to look into this phenomenon. Why does it happen and what can parents do and what you should know? I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. 
The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.